You're listening to the Thunder Basketball Universe. It's another partial road pod for the TBU crew. Nick is with the team on the West Coast right now, but Kendi and I are holding it down in OKC. And we're feeling the energy from this team all the way from the West Coast. And in this episode, we're going to get into all that has transpired over the past three games for the Thunder. But enough chit-chat. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. Like I mentioned off the top, it's a partial road pod for our TBU crew. Nick is on the West Coast on the longest road trip of the season with the team right now. Nick, where are you right now? I am in Sacramento right now. We flew leaving Utah last night back west to Pacific time. And guys, it was just awesome. You know, the locker room, post game, a lot of energy and a lot of fun uh, as this Thunder team swept a really hard road back to back. And now the guys get a much deserved day off here in Sacramento uh, before this road trip continues. I know your head is spinning right now. I know ours is spinning back here in OKC just from all that has transpired over these past four games. And we're going to talk about all of it. We're going to talk about Steven Adams showing some emotion for the very first time in Thunder history. And we'll talk about Shea's crunch time production. And of course, we'll recap the Thunder's back-to-back sweep like Nick mentioned. And of course, we can't forget the, what started it all, and it was the win against Minnesota on Friday. And the big, big point out of all of that is that this team is really, really fun to watch right now over these past three games. They're so connected on the floor and off of it as well. Just guys on the bench standing up throughout entire possessions. I remember over the last couple of weeks just seeing Dennis and feeling like he's an extra assistant coach on the bench anytime he's over there. He's always up clapping giving out little pointers. Uh, Abdul Nader was telling us last night that actually in game against Utah, uh, he gave uh, Abdul some tips about how to guard Bogdanovich. And it just, it's like everybody is connected right now. Um, And obviously we're seeing uh, the fruits of that with wins in five out of the last six games, but also just these small moments on the floor where guys are picking each other up guys are helping each other out communicating and uh and hugging on each other too when good things happen and you're mentioning some names that aren't starters right now abdul nader dennis schroeder we saw a little bit of lou dort we're we're talking guys down the bench it's a collective effort over these past three games and it's been really really cool to see these guys grow and really find their own and play within themselves over these past three games and I, i gotta tell you it's really fun to watch especially on the road the Thunder was without some of its very best players on the wing going up against Portland team um, that's great with its guards. And then a Utah team that's got Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich, you know, guy in Royce O'Neal, who was shooting 68% from three at home heading into that game last night. And the Thunder just mopped the floor with them. So let's just take it back to where all of this fun started. And it was at home in OKC against the Timberwolves. The game was absolutely wild, insane, fun to watch for everybody. We're going to do something we haven't done on the podcast before, and it's just an oral history of what went down in the final moments leading into overtime for this team. Gallo, you ready to recap all of this? It was a lot. Yeah, let's do it. Just to set the stage a little bit, the Thunder was up 10, lost the lead, found itself down two points with 17 seconds to go. Minnesota had the ball in... Lou Dort was on the floor, and I think a lot of fans in Chesapeake Energy Arena are wondering themselves, why is this rookie two-way player on the court right now? And he showed it with a huge play. Fires it to Napier, who locks the handle. It's Lou Dort. Dives for it, tries to call timeout. It's loose. 
Minnesota turns it over and it'll be Thunder basketball with 14 seconds left as Dort in his NBA debut, hustling, diving. So Lou comes up with a monster steal and the Thunder now has an opportunity to tie the game on the other end of the floor. It seemed like that play on the inbounds where Dort dives on the floor and grabs it was going to be a major turning point. And in like a movie, it would have just gone right down the other end and OKC would have scored. But that's not what happened. Uh, OKC missed and they had to foul the uh, Timberwolves and things got even wilder from there. Jordan Bell goes to the free throw line. The Thunder had to foul. He misses both free throws. But the ball on the rebound kind of squirts away to Minnesota and the Thunder has to foul again. Second one on the way, that's off the mark, no good. And a Kogi with the rebound. And 1.7 seconds left. This time fouling Carl Anthony Towns, who is an 83% free throw shooter. But here's what happens next. Minnesota, who already had one delay of game earlier, is substituting and they're getting Jordan Bell back in the game. And Chris Paul calls out a delay of game on Minnesota for not having a jersey tucked in. As they're entering the game. And it gets called. So the call is made. And now the Thunder sends Danilo Gallinari to shoot the technical free throw that he makes. And now Carl Anthony Towns is on the back end of his second bonus shot. And he had missed the first one, makes the second one on accident. It actually might have been better if he had missed the second one because with only 1.1 seconds left, there's just no time to do anything on the rebound. But he makes it. And so Steven Adams pulls the ball out of the net, sets himself up on the baseline. So Adams launches it to shoot a shooter, catches and scores! In quarterback fashion, he cocks the ball back and sends a bullet 94 feet to Dennis Schroeder, who is holding off Jeff Teague with one arm and holding out his hand in a receiver stance with the other arm. It's called the heave in OKC lore now. You should check out uh, our article on OKCThunder.com about this pass from Adams. Dennis reels the ball in with one hand, stutter step on the floor, gets the ball back up as he's contorting his body, goes off glass and in. It's wild. Wild, man. What are you guys' thoughts on pass interference, offensive pass interference? Did Dennis push off to get open? What's the ruling on the field? No. I don't I don't think so. He really just kind of like, he was hip to hip with Teague. And honestly, it was really crafty. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was more of a box out style. I want to carve out my space more than a get out of my way. I'm pushing you over. Yeah, arm didn't extend. He had position and just pushed off, uh, you know, or didn't push off and got open, got open for the touchdown. That really set the stage for an overtime that just lit up for the Thunder. 11 points from Shea Gilgis Alexander in the final minutes of play. From there, the Thunder just rode that momentum going into the rest of the game. Incredible come from behind moment uh, it's gonna go down as one of the most special situations in okc chesapeake energy arena history the, the hug by dennis of the security guard after the bucket 
is just hilarious. Can we also talk about the fact that five Thunder players scored over 20 points in that game? The game was wild enough as it was. Overtime was dazzling. The final play made it on top 10. But there was another historic moment in there, and that's the fact that five Thunder players, for the first time in 14 years in the NBA, scored over 20 points. Yeah, it had been done since 2004, and it just goes to show that this Thunder team has balance. It speaks to the unselfishness. It speaks to the lack of agenda that all of these guys are playing with. They're going to just spread the wealth, but also that coming into the season, I think the team knew that they didn't have one primary go-to scorer, but it's nice to see that they've elevated all of these guys to be able to put the ball in the bucket when needed. That really set the tone for the next two games for the Thunder. Five players scoring in double digits for the past three games against Minnesota, Portland, and Utah that really helped the Thunder win in both of those games and concluding a sweep over these road back-to-backs that you got to witness in person, Gallo. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, it's really, really hard to win three games in four nights, let alone three games in four nights in three time zones against three division opponents. But that's exactly what the Thunder did. They went up to Portland, a place with, where they had gotten rocked the last time they were out there, gave up 42 points in the first quarter, and they put the clamps down on the Trailblazers from the very, very outset. Against the Trailblazers, they were playing without Ferg, they were playing without Hami, which gave Abdul Nader the start. Cue the tour Nader siren. We'll make a veteran post. <laughs> Fix it in post. Abdul Nader came in and started and just put up really good numbers on both ends of the floor, playing really good defense, and then on the offensive end, just being a really, really integral cog for this Thunder team and set the stage for other bench players to really perform well in these two games. One guy that stood out and everyone is talking about within the Thunder locker room is Lou Dort, just his uh, ferociousness on the defensive end. He was really in Damian Lillard's grill the whole night. He's got such a wide base, um, incredible, just physical gifts for such a young guy that uh, Billy Donovan used the word elite um, when it came to lose defense and and the kind of defender that he thinks he can be moving forward. Um, Chris Paul said that he can't believe that Lou uh, is a rookie just the way that he's playing with tenacity and aggressiveness. He's got a lot to, to learn in terms of personnel and not fouling. He did foul out of that Portland game, but then he turned right back around and was, again, instrumental in limiting Utah, particularly Donovan Mitchell to a really low scoring output. And in fact, Utah shot just 40% from the field, and they had been incredible at home on offense earlier in the season. For those who don't know who Lou Dort is, he's a two-way rookie guard for the Thunder, which means he spends the majority of his time with the Thunder G League affiliate, the OKC Blue, past Three, three games, yeah. He's been called up for the Thunder. The Minnesota game was his first NBA game of his career, and then these past two games have followed suit, and he's just been marking milestone after milestone as a 20-year-old rookie coming into the league and being put into these situations like crunch time against the Timberwolves, notching his first two points against Portland, and then setting a career-high nine points against Utah in 29 minutes because the Thunder is playing without Hami, without Ferg, and then against Portland playing without Danilo Gallinari. That just set the stage for Dort to be able to play 
a lot more meaningful and significant minutes. And you can tell that he's taking advantage of it. He's learning a lot. And like you said, he fouled out against Portland, but he finished with four fouls against Utah guarding Donovan Mitchell. Tough defensive assignments, but he's soaking it all in and really making the most of his opportunity here. I think sometimes at the beginning of the season when a coach says, hey, we're going to need all 15 of these guys, all 17 of these guys, there are some people that are like, okay, all right, we know who the rotation is. Yeah, that's true. But what we're witnessing is really like, this is exactly the type of situation where the Thunder needs all 17 of their guys during the course of a long year when you have injuries, when you need that just little extra energy boost. You know, we're, we're hearing Chris and Shay and Steven and Dennis talk about Lou and how he's just such a shot in the arm for the team right now. And, you know, he may have some rookie moments coming up, but for this little spurt right here, having some fresh blood, a a new weapon to use can really infuse a lot of life and energy into a team. You said something there that I really want to snowball off of, and and that's infuse life into a team. The, The team has, as of late before this, really hasn't been able to put together 48 minutes of straight consecutive solid defense. And over these past three games, we've seen some really stout defense from this Thunder team, maybe more in these past two games than against Minnesota. But I feel like a lot of that stemmed from the bench. And we're seeing that with the immense bench production over these past two games. Dennis Schroeder outscored the entire Utah bench by four points yesterday. We were, were recording this on on Tuesday after the Thunder played Utah on Monday. We're seeing this really big outpouring of production from the bench that's really infusing a lot of energy into the starting five, whoever the starting five might be. And so you can tell that that's just, it, it's you're right, it's taking all 17 guys to be able to not only produce numbers, but also produce that energy and that effort. Dennis has been the ringleader of that bench group. He's scoring at every single level of the floor, Blew right past Rudy Gobert last night for a a little layup. Hits his mid-range jump shots. He's done an incredible job of that on this road trip against Portland and Utah. Knocking down baseline jumpers, shots at the elbow. And then he's gotten hot from three. Uh, He's around 40% from three on the season on the road. And that's much, much better than it is at home. I think he likes quieting that those road crowds. But Dennis is, I mean, he is just a guy that, Again, we've, we're talking about infusing energy. On the second night of back-to-backs, he is now averaging over 26 points per game. That is such a huge help to a team. Coming off of a game the night before is a little bit road-weary or leg-weary as you're going into the next game. To have a guy off the bench with that much pop is such a huge deal for this team. Moral of the story, this Thunder team is really, really fun to watch. We've talked about how much fun this team is to watch, and there are always tickets available for Thunder home games. And let me tell you, the Friday game against Minnesota was absolutely electric, and you have the opportunity to experience that yourself. Go to OKCThunder.com slash buy tickets and be a part of the action. Well, here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing for us has been Shea in the clutch time for this Thunder team. It all started 
on Friday against Minnesota with a dazzling 11 points in overtime. So confident. Again, just a guy that knows how to get to his spots now. Uh, it was really encouraging to see that after a little bit of a swoon, you know, teams were starting to guard him differently, put way more pressure and emphasis on limiting him, preventing him from getting all the way to the rim. Shea is adjusting to that and he's finding ways to still be effective, still get to his spots on the floor and not get deterred by having a rough shooting start to games. We saw that again in Portland when he had 14 fourth quarter points after not scoring particularly well at all earlier in that game. I think a word you mentioned there that's really important is confidence. Like you said, it's really encouraging to see him find ways to impact the game, even though maybe his scoring before this wasn't as good as it usually is. And we talked about this in our previous podcast that he has an ability now to be able to impact the game in multiple ways, whether he really dives in on defense or whether he finds ways to get to the free throw line. He was 12 for 12 from the free throw line in overtime against Minnesota. That's finding ways to put the ball through the hoop if your shot's not falling from the field. Back-to-back games, he went to the line career-high 12 times, and he just talked about how Elite scorers in this league find ways to get to the stripe. That's something that he's really concentrating and focusing on, that not just being aggressive to attack to try to get shots up around the defense, but try to go through the defense too if you can without drawing offensive fouls. Uh, But I think you know just the confidence that he showed taking mid-range shots, taking three-pointers, coming around screens, being able to just finish the game with sort of a feel of what the team needed when the team needed it. Really nice growth and development out of Shea. After a few games of him not scoring at the same clip that he was previously, now he has three games where he seems to be back where he was where we started the season of him leading score sheets and really being in that top five in terms of scoring for the Thunder. You know, once he kind of got knocked back and and teams were starting to crash the the paint, converge on him in the lane, you wondered, okay, how is he going to be able to adjust to that? And it really only took him a couple weeks, which is really encouraging. Learning as he's going, just like a true sophomore player in this league. And well, it'll be exciting to see kind of how he keeps progressing throughout the season. We've had a few things that made us look over these past four games, so we're going to go around and everybody's going to have their turn to tell the tell the audience what made them look. Nick, we'll start with you. What made me look was after Steven took a charge on Rudy Gobert in transition, he immediately popped up, his eyes lit up, and he started waving one finger around. And I started to wonder why he was so excited about getting a charge and it was not just the first of his season, but the first of his career. And I could not believe that I went back through all of his uh, hustle stats on NBA.com over the last you know seven years. And I was shocked to see that that was the first official charge that he's taken. Did you guys see the charge? First one of your career? That's the first one of my career. I don't usually brag, but it's the first one of my career. Seven years. So write about that, please. Screenshot it. Whatever you guys got to do, send it to me. He's forced a number of offensive fouls on opposing teams, but usually those are like elbows to his jaw or like somebody punching him or <laughs> or trying to push him. But this is the first actual charge. So Steven was really, really fired up about it during the game and afterwards, too. I mean, it doesn't matter if he's throwing a game winning baseball pass full court or a game winning dunk. We have not seen that kind of emotion from Steven 
at all. Yeah, it's crazy. We talked about this in the last spot. I even asked you guys, have you ever seen him react big? Is after that like game clinching dunk he had, and you're like, you know, we we couldn't think of a time he really reacted to a play, but then to see him just light up like a kid in a candy shop after a charge. That was awesome. I want to see more of that. This pod has some powers is what we're learning. (laughs) We just need to mention stuff on here. I'm going to win a million (laughs) dollars. In the locker room after the game, that was all he wanted to talk about. Somebody asked him about like the defense and what went well in the game. And he was like, but guys, did you see the charge? Oh, that's fantastic. Like a kid in a candy store, (laughs) kid in a charge store. (laughs) All right, Hindi, your turn. What made you look? I'm going to stick with Steve-O, and I love the baseball pass. It's something I've I've been watching all season. I remember at the blue-white scrimmage, he would launch several deep bombs to Danilo and other guys in transition. It's clearly something he likes doing, he's practiced doing, and I think it's one of those things, if you've been paying attention to this team, you know he has that in his repertoire. So to see him bust it out in such a clutch moment was really fun to watch. Man, Steve-O's getting a lot of love in this pod. I love it. I mean, what's not to love about Big Steve? You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. What? <laughs> like, just all around. And his, you know, his Instagram post today with a big afro, clearly he's he is living it up as well. All right, it's my turn. And I'll tell you what made me look. And it was in the Thunder's most recent game against Utah It was Chris Paul doing what Chris Paul do, and that's putting Rudy Gobert in the spin cycle. He had the ball on the right wing, didn't use a dribble, shot fake, pass fake, and then another pass fake, and it sent Rudy Gobert spinning, doing a little 360, and it left Chris Paul wide open for a jumper, and it made me very happy. I watched it about 50 times on Twitter. Chris just has every trick in the book, and uh, it's so cool to see him manipulate defenses. And actually, it, it was a huge key to the win against Utah. Both he, Dennis, Shea did an amazing job engaging Gobert, forcing him to have to make a decision, whether he was going to come up and help on the dribble drive or stay at home at the rim. And it just forcing Rudy to make those types of decisions left everything open for the Thunder. They were able to get kickouts. They were able to get cutters. They were able to find big men on rolls. Those types of things are just small little aspects of the game, but that play by Chris was just a perfect example of it. Yeah, taking full advantage right there because Rudy has to honor Chris's ability to pass. So if Chris is going to fake a pass, I'm going to honor him. I mean, what, what a play against... It's not, a, it's not some rookie who's new to the league. It's a perennial defensive player of the year candidate, one of the best defenders in the world. And Chris is out there making him look a little silly. Chris is one of those players that I would have loved to hype up on the bench, like yelling like, put him in a blender. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. Spin cycle. If that had been a mixtape thing, the crowd would have been on the court. Like, Chris wouldn't even be able to get the shot off. Everybody would have been ooing and awing from the sidelines, rushing the court. We've come to that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline and all of our timelines were absolutely blessed because it was actually on our timeline this time. And it was Lou Dort after he scored his first two NBA points against Portland. And he's in the locker room holding up a piece of paper with a big two on it. And Terrence Ferguson comes and snaps a selfie with him in true Wilt Chamberlain-esque style. That continued in Utah when Terrence then wrote a sign with the number 11 on it 
to commemorate that now Lou has 11 total career points after he racked up nine against the Jazz. Lou's like, I guess this is going to be a thing now because Terrence keeps writing up these signs and making him take a picture with it. So yeah, even though Terrence is not playing right now, um, dealing with that hip injury, it's fun to see him engaged and hyping up a guy that is getting minutes and getting his opportunity to shine. Lou's only 89 points away from really getting that Wilt Chamberlain picture spot on. So at the rate he's going. I can't wait. I mean, it should happen sometime around Christmas, maybe, depending on uh, people coming back from injury. But I mean, it's just so fun to see them having fun in the locker room. You know that locker room's got to be a blast after big wins against Portland and Utah like that. I think what was equally heartwarming was the fact that in the second picture, Abdul Nader jumped into the photo. And you could just tell that everybody in the locker room is just so proud of Lou. This 20-year-old rookie who's getting his first shot at the NBA and really taking advantage of it. Everybody's super proud of him. That is all for our Thunder Basketball Universe podcast today. If you like what you heard, hit the like button. And while you're at it, you can rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producers, and thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thunder up and catch you later.